my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. It's Geek Stuff, TNG. What the fuck is a reboot? We're gonna be rolling out a lot of new things. Where the stars in this piece of shit? Oh, I am the sandwich. No one of consequence. You can find me on Xbox at Fat Dumbledore. <laughs> you know what keeps going through my head? Where's my sandwich? I am Monty. Excellent. You're crushing my soul and giving me a headache at the same time. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. Show me what you got. Is it too late to say that I, I kind of don't care for Star Wars? You can say that Dream. and find your way out the door. <laughs> the force is strong with this one. And I am Big Kev. Hail to the king, baby. Yo, that kid Monty is fired. I have Amigo Isis action figure. Ah, uh, mighty Isis. And here we Go. third time's a charm boys how's it going third is being generous is it though sandwich is it put the mic next to your face okay yeah put that brand new mic somebody bought for you next to your fucking face hey hey you tone down technical difficulties (laughs) while my mic shits the bed on an island of misfit toys out here oh i'm sorry it must be so unfortunate your mic doesn't work you're still on a hawaiian tropical island i bet the beach makes you feel sad but the wonderful weather makes you feel sad. Shut your mouth. You shut your mouth. Your whore mouth. Boys, the road to 700 is a lot like the previous, all the other previous episodes. <laughs> Just saying. This is not called the road to 700. I know it's we not. I'm doing just, that like 200 episodes ago. I'm, I'm not saying it is. I'm saying Let's, that this is just the, the tone that we're going with. I think the, the goal I'm looking forward to right now is episode 666. Because that's going to be one hell of an episode. Yo, yo, yo! We're in 2020, bro. You you don't want to you don't want to test that the fate right now with the gods. Leave it as is. Let's not talk about episode six six six. That's that's something to talk about. That's something not even to think about right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wrong. Everything feels wrong. It really does. It really does. Uh, Boys, outside of all the technical issues, how's everyone doing today? It's it's uh, clearly about, great. It's it's absolutely balls hot here in New Jersey. Yeah. Um. I walked outside, walked right back in. Just that kind of day. Kind of pleasant here. I went in my car to drive home. And when I tell you, it must have been like 120 in my car. That's being generous how fucking hot it was in my I, car. What'd you fart? Oh, that's a good joke, Kev. That's why no one left. Anyways, so we're going <laughs> to... No one uh, laughed because it was clearly over the heads of the listeners. So, and by listeners, I mean you two. There you go. Um, 
Yeah, it was... just wants to get on with it. He doesn't even care. I do. Enough of your, There's a let's enough go. of the two of you, two of you, and your tomfoolery. Mm-hmm. I want to do a show. Oh, that's how we're going to play. I think it's important to point out the really, I'm not letting this go. I think it's important to point out the really important piece of information that mm-hmm. Sandwich gave us, uh, gave us before, probably three or four false starts ago. <laughs> that was, no, that, that, was, that let, was false start. He two. let, uh, he let uh, Monty and I know that he is engaged. This is so true. Congratulations. In, in, in the show, engaged in the show. Actively taking part in the show. I see. Talking to the mic. Come across that way. I'm just saying. I am talking to the mic. Not don't 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 make out with the mic. We'll get it. We'll get it going. Oh. Outstanding. So if you guys, if you do want more of this gorgeous content, just head over to patreon.com slash geekstufftng, where we have a host of different categories where you can help support the craziness that is going on. Because right now it may seem like we're drunk or high or both, but really it's it's the dead of summer right now. It's hot. Yeah, and, man. And nothing's working right now. Nothing. Uh, as it is. Even yeah, I had to switch it, out a cable to make things work. It's the natural high uh, part of this wonderful program that is Geeks of TNG for many episodes. For $1, you get uh, a hold of our Discord service where you can talk and text with members of the show and fans. Like me and Sandwich this week, he's been he's been up in his Discord. I game. chimed Got in you. last sir, week, sir. Your quarterly thing is didn't is, I respond? Didn't I respond to somebody wrote something about me? You know who was in Discord this week? Even today, OG, the legend, the, the legend, legend. Mm-hmm. the legend. For three dollars, you get the show in a day and a half early, which is usually Tuesday night. But listen, I'll be honest. I'm getting over being sick, and we need. I need the extra day Listen, to get make things work. Yes, I'm. I am going to pull back the curtain today, this week. Okay. Uh, at the Geek Stuff Unit, we had a bit of a, a celebration for episode 600. Everyone was invited. Kev was invited. We know we understood he couldn't make it, but Monty showed up, and I saw Monty at the beginning. Uh, you know, with a couple of drinks in his hand, and then ten minutes later, I saw him hanging from the roof singing the chandelier song and then he disappeared after that Yo, so um, i understood uh that you know it's a weekday but you know <laughs> let off a little steam so all we I had can to delay s- the episode a little bit all i can say is moonshine is delicious that that you are are you missing him now monty not so are much. you missing him now i'm not missing anyone <laughs> sleepy sandwich are you missing him <laughs> <laughs> uh within that three dollar tier you also get a sneak peek at the prep sheet and Usually I try to, I just started to stream the organization of the prep sheet where we do a little chit chat and everything. It's in the baby steps, but you know what? It worked with no problems uh, yesterday. So I'm taking that Ooh. as a major win. I missed the uh, the stream when it happened, but it's pretty good. I, I, I watched it for some reason again, because that's part of my friend. Some reason but again. Thank you, How sir. was the bonus show? It bonus, was good. Bonus show was good. It was there. So it was I didn't good. get a chance to hear it yet. And you know what? You can get a hold of that bonus show for $5 a month for that weekend bonus show of the Sandwich Shop. We actually talked about an idea uh, to have the two of us argue back and forth on the bonus show. Maybe So maybe we'll do that uh, this weekend or sometime soon. And you get a vintage episode of uh, Ye Old Big Kev's Geek Stuff. And for $10 a month, you get to see the actual shenanigans that we're talking about off camera uh, on the oh, Instagram. Oh, boy. 
which I'm going to be honest, today alone might have been worth it because it's been <laughs> it's been a show. It's been a show. We're only like eight, a ten, whole experience. We're like under ten minutes into the show, so yeah. Really hoping it's the cord and not my mic because that could lead to additional weeks of trying to make it through of things <laughs> not working properly. So yeah. Um, boys, before we kick into the, the headlines, I kind of want to do what we've been doing and just talk about some of the, the stuff that we're watching, that we're streaming or watching, whatever the case may be. Um, I like to chime in first. You know and what? say that I Go finished, ahead. I finished Umbrella Academy season two. Are we talking about it now or, cause it came out like a week and a half. So it's like, well, we can talk about it broadly. We just can't get into specifics. Okay. Except for this one. It's not going to be a specific. It's just going to be, I'm going to allude to something. I know you guys will know what I'm talking about. First of all, the second season, you know, I am, I'm really cr not critical. Well, I am, but I'm really sort of hesitant uh, to say, oops, we lost uh, Instagram for a second there. Yep. But we're good here. Pause so. due to poor connection. Jeez. What a day. Um, <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm really hesitant when people say, oh, my God, the second season was better than the first. I honestly mm. think that Umbrella Academy season two was better than season one. Okay. And only barely, but, but it was a bit better. I really liked the way they fleshed out a lot of things. I really thought it was really, really great. That said, have you both finished it? Yes, no. I have. I am not. Where are you, Sandwich? So I am on episode seven, but I'm okay. delayed because I'm catching up with the girlfriend. She just started gotcha. season two yesterday. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. We can work with that. Um, because the reason I bring it up is because season four in the Mexican consulate, the, the fight scene between Lillian, Five, Diego, and the Swedes. Mm-hmm was was just a perfect moment it was like daredevil season one fight in the hallway perfect hmm. uh, did you not agree did you not agree I, uh not only I, that the use of the particular song that they used was i've watched it now at least 30 times just that scene because of how perfect i think that it is so I I don't want to go all the way Daredevil hallway. I'll say it was a good okay. fight. It's very hard for me to compare any TV fight to Daredevil hallway because that scene was fucking incredible. I'm telling you, I, I I had the same I had the same feeling watching that, but it was even uh, it was even a little bit more because of the sort of the funny dynamics between the characters and the song. I got to go back and look and watch that episode again and look at that fight scene in particular. See what, what yeah. I was. So let me, let me just repeat myself by saying like, I really did like season two. I didn't really compare it. Like, is it better or worse than season one? I just, I just, I just enjoyed it. I thought it kind of complimented it and just ch the way it changed the setting like that from the first one, I thought it kind of made sense. So I enjoyed it heavily. Um, I will say I definitely enjoyed the season even more than the volume, though the actual comic book, um, putting it into standards. For the first season, first volume of the comic, I thought that, you know, 
more or less, obviously some, some liberties were taken, which I'm, I was very okay with. Um, but here I thought it was just more of a stream, st streamlined story um, that kind of made more sense and added more urgency to it versus yes. what the comic actually had. And I'm not knocking the comic by any sense. Um, it's just, it's rare when I like uh, a TV or a show or a movie more than the book. But this is and one circumstance where I really liked the show more than um, the comic book. My biggest complaint with the show, and I, I don't know if it's really a complaint or kind of like, you know, uh, first world problem. Like there was the opening, was it the opening scene where when five goes back in time and everyone's fighting on that main road against um, the invasion. And it was just so badass having everybody just kind of working together, going, going at it with their powers. I understand why they can't do that all the time because that's, you know, I can only imagine how much that cost. But I would like to see some more of that where they're actually using their damn powers. How many times did we see Diego throw a knife this season? It felt like not very often. A couple. But over the course of 10 episodes, it feels like he should have used it at least a little bit more, right? I really, I, I, I just have to say that I really, I'm very excited about a season three. But then it gets a little dicey. Because the rumor is that Gerard is writing a fourth book, but they haven't, I don't know that there's any sort of date for that. And this is going to be a Game of Thrones situation. Yeah, I was about to say. Where they're, <laughs> they're going to get to a point, I feel, if, it, if it's popular, they're going to get to a point where Gerard's going to have to just start writing the TV show and then translating it backwards into comics. Um, because I hope what we're going to do is continue to get more, uh, you know, more, uh, uh more content, more seasons. I hope, mm -hmm. I just think it's, I think it's really great. And it, it is for me, diametrically opposite of doom patrol. <laughs> See, what's funny is at least in the other people I talk to, you know, outside of this program, they like doom patrol more than umbrella Academy, which once again, I haven't seen the second season, but comparing season one Umbrella Academy to season one Doom Patrol, I like Umbrella Academy more, but I also did like Doom Patrol season one. I don't know how you feel about it, Kev. I forget how you feel about season one. I don't know if you watched season I, one. I, I haven't finished season one. Oh, so, I no, thought you were slogging through season two. No, no. I'm still on season one because the pacing... And uh, I mean, it's just, it's hard to watch. I, I, and I don't know, this could be a case if we bring Monty back into this, this could be a case of, of honestly me appreciating the book more than I appreciate the show. Mm -hmm. Because I feel this feels, I don't know, the tone is different in the show than the book. And it's, it's a little jarring, at least from my perspective. I mean, I'm at the point where... Um, not that I'm losing faith in Gerard Way, because I also I'll be also transparent and say I haven't read the third volume of. Um, I, I oh, haven't um, either. I own it. I just I just coincidentally haven't read it yet. Uh, but okay. I've read the first two volumes. Um, you I'm know, have sandwich crawl through the archives and and find my copy. <laughs> so I'm at the point where it's like, 
you know, once I read season three, uh, read the third volume rather, like I feel like I'm gonna have like a good sense where the, the I, I forgot the name of the person in the credits who's who's um, bringing it, making the TV version. But I, just, I think it's Steve Blackwell. I think something okay. like that. But I have a lot of faith in, in Steve because it's just I was so much more engaged in wanting to know what happens next versus wanting to turn the page of the comic book. Now again, I have like some like gripes here and there specifically. I'm not going to go into that until because it's kind of I think after we're sandwiches right now, so I don't want to spoil it. But listen, regardless, um, it's worth. It's worth, if you don't have Netflix, it's worth you picking up Netflix for the month even to watch the first two seasons if you haven't even watched the first one yet uh, because it is a different kind of superhero movie uh, yeah. show. So beyond, I think I that's agree. the most important aspect where in terms, of, in terms of, is it worth your time? Absolutely, it is worth your time. Um, and I think that's kind of- Hey, his, we want to say uh, hi to Adrian Faulkner, former, uh, former uh, owner of, action-figure.com in the UK. Uh, he's one of our oldest friends on this program and he's popping in to uh, check out his free preview. That of, free preview is going on for a while. It was supposed to end last week. Indeed. You know, technical difficulties. For sure. Uh, what else? Um, you know, speaking of liking the book more or the, the show more than the movie, or the book, uh, I finished reading Stephen King's Mist. This is the first time I think I liked the movie in this case more than the book. Not, Which version? It was the 2005 or six version. Yeah. The Darabont version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. movie. I, I, I love the movie poster. I love the, 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 the movie from beginning to end. Um, and it just... Not that the book was bad by any sense, but like I was just so much, much, so much more um, uh, enthralled by the way the movie was in this case. So just one of those r very rare circumstances because you really can't say that too, too I, often. I feel. I feel like we've entered a generation where, like, that media of seeing things like on the screen, or you know, Lord of the Rings, the books, iconic, iconic books. No one will ever. Com compare that mm -hmm. but i feel like there's a lot more fans this is just my perspective Go on. of the movies than there are the books not to say that the books are better than the books but i think people love seeing that medium of like the bright color like how do i say this looking at seeing on the screen and seeing like everyone's feelings with your eyes mm -hmm. i feel like it's so much better nowadays with the way we have technology than looking at it on the page because yeah you can see it on the page and you know we're creative people we can imagine it pretty well and we have our own but seeing it on the screen and you know the scale of it so much better i feel like that's why i think that's why you like umbrella academy the show more than the book because i feel like you know it's the scale you can feel more and like that epic scene in season two where they're fighting in the street and you see their powers. I feel like it's, you know, it's more, what's the word for it? It's, it's going to stick in your mind more than a splash page in a comic. I see what you're saying, but at the same time, it, it's always a lot of fun where like I finished uh, a book from an independent writer um, yeah. and a friend of mine, read the book as well, who I would not expect it. So the fact that we got a chance to talk about that book, like yeah. there's almost like a bigger connection there though at the same time. But again, it, it's there's no wrong answers here. As long as you're actually enjoying the medium and 
Yeah. And, and actually, like, it, well, it doesn't matter if you're turning off your brain or if you're actually like trying to be compelled or or something. There's no right or wrong answer in this case. It's kind of like what works for you depending on the situation. I think the best that we can hope for in a situation like that, uh, Mr. Sandwich, is that somebody will be then inspired to read the book. Yes. It's the gateway that, drug. Maybe. That's the hope. That should be the hope of all of these things. Lord of the Rings, all, all films and things that are based on books, the hope should be it drives people to read the book. Yeah. You know, that I think is, that, that, that I think would be the, the greatest thing. If more people read Umbrella Academy, if more people read Lord of the Rings as a result mm-hmm. uh, of the, the situation, that would, be, that would be a great thing. It, I think it, we, we as a community should always drive people to the source before the, uh, the adaptation. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, there's a weird, I don't want to say like, people have to like, Talk they're getting lazy. Like, no, they're getting lazy, but like, I feel like people are saying, oh, I watched the show. So, I mean, I could read the book, but I got the show. So it's the basic gist of, you know, what I was doing. But, you know, the the, the books in themselves, I f- there's a reason that there's an adaptation for something. There's an adaptation because it's excellent. So... Saying, "Oh, I, I I watched Lord of the Rings. Okay, cool. Did you read Lord of the Rings?" I'll be honest, I didn't. I read The Hobbit though. The Hobbit was an excellent book. I read that when I was a small lad. That's because uh, it's a children's book. So <laughs> one would assume. Well, is, isn't it? A children's now you read book? it when you were a child. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't commenting yeah. on your reading skills. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Um, Although I'm sure inferences will be drawn. Not my intention. <laughs> um, moving along really quickly, a few other things that I just watched. I oh, watched. Sorry, yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, on Amazon Prime, upload. Highly recommend this. Oh goddamn, was this good? Um, it's a ten episodes, around twenty-five to thirty minutes. So sure, you can knock it out really quick. It's like comedy, but it's very, very deep thought analysis in terms of uh, how we live our lives. And how we work as a our society, lives. our lives, yes, our lives, how we live our life and how uh, we, we run the economy and, and how we're enthralled by technology. Very, very compelling. And I highly recommend checking that, that out. Uh, I know mm. people in the discord I've chatted with and people from work and people of all sorts just are really into it. So I highly recommend going out of your way uh, for upload. Um, finish watching the office, which was, you know, Good as always. Uh, the one thing, because if you guys remember, uh, maybe like 20 episodes or so ago, I mentioned John Krasinski mentioned about being in a comic book when he was ta- like, when he gave like a Fantastic Four kind of smirk, uh, or, you know, because that was in the news rather because of Fantastic Four. But he was also in the, uh, a comic. His wife put him in a comic book in the show. So I'm praying that's, that was his reference that was never really mentioned. <laughs> um, I hope, I hope to God, since you brought it up, I hope to God. Marvel, Disney, Disney, Marvel will just start announcing something about the MCU because we don't have nothing. We're all waiting for movies and TV shows. Black uh, Widow is just sitting there getting dust. The other shows are (laughs) delayed for this and that. This would be a time to say, you know what? All right, fans, we know you're suffering. We know we got stuff going on, but here's what you have to look forward to. John Krasinski and Emily Blunt in the Fantastic Four. Mm Mm-hmm. Or something. You know what something. really would have sucked? Just not to cut you off, Sandwich. One thing that would have sucked, imagine if COVID would have delayed the last Avengers movie. Like, imagine if the time, you know, the timeline was yeah. off and COVID oh, yeah. hit right in between those two movies. People would have lost their They would have flipped mind. a shit. 
Uh, speaking of flipping his shit, uh, check out the PCAST podcast, P-I-C-A-S-T, where our, our friend and ally and confidant, <laughs> uh, West Coast Scott, uh, can be heard musing about this and that. He says his last podcast was actually about Upload. Oh, that's awesome. That's really awesome. And we have his commercial we're going to be running later in the show, too, to look forward to. Oh! Really quickly, I also watched the new uh, Transformers show on Netflix. Uh, Wasn't really a fan, but I'm not like a diehard fan of the franchise. Um, I watch Into the Darkness on Shudder, which is like a documentary on 80s horror. Almost four fucking hours this documentary. And I'm loving it so far. I'm like three quarters of the way in. Uh, National Treasure, the first Nick Cage movie on Disney+. Plus. I love oh, that nice. movie all these years later. It's still really freaking good. And uh, the second episode of Muppets Now was so much better than the first one, mostly oh, because good. Swedish Chef went up um, to try to create tacos against uh, Danny Trejo. Was it Danny Trejo? Oh. <laughs> um, uh, West, West Coast Scott uh, corrects me. It's PieCast. There you go. The PieCast podcast. Pie like pie day. Pie day. It's when he got married. Um, yeah, boys. So that's pretty much it for all this stuff. Um, and with that, no, no, that was listen, 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 listen. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But now we actually can hit the news when we're like almost a half hour into the freaking show. Um, right off the bat, big news of the week. Which I mean, we were expecting it, even though people were talking about it. Uh, hours before. No, no, no politics. No politics. Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con is being canceled. Kamala-Con. Stop it. Kamala-Con and Joe Biden. Stop it. No politics. Uh, Comic-Con is being canceled this year, uh, which I am just, I am very, I'm very happy that's the case. Uh, Was supposed to be taking uh, place the second weekend of October, uh, I believe. Was it first weekend or second? I think it was the second weekend. Well... I mean, I'm not happy about it. I mean, I'm glad. I think they made the correct decision. That's why I'm happy. Based on all of the information. Um, And yeah, I think it's better to play it safe than play it sorry. So yeah, I'm in support of of, uh, Reed Pop and their decision to uh, postpone the 2020 New York Comic Con to 2021. Um, So a lot of people... Next year, it'll be the 2020... <laughs> uh, so a lot of people were saying like, why do they wait so long? This and that, because they had to worry about plane tickets, hotels, you know, vouchers, all this other stuff, um, which they have every right to be upset. Uh, there was some, there was a Newsweek article that was kind of like uh, uh, poking the bear a little bit about like trying to get people upset by it. But basically, it mainly comes down to the fact that like they have to wait from the state of New York to say, hey, you guys can't do this major event in order to uh, um, to minimize their losses financially. So that, that was why they were ever, and everyone's been like that. It doesn't matter. It, doesn't, it can even be smaller conventions. That's why everyone's been MIA uh, regarding uh, canceling their shows to the very last second. So that is the case. It is a shame. And, you know, honestly, I've said it before. I don't feel bad for Marvel, Sideshow, DC, any of those. I feel bad for the smaller booths because, guys, we had some amazing artists Oh, yeah. uh, around us, we had some amazing small businesses uh, uh, that were around us that were just killing it. Hell, Jerry's Artist Alley, which is like a, a huge art store here in this section of Jersey, 
is there. They were always selling stuff. And I feel really bad for them because they were always killing it at uh, Comic-Con. None of my oh, business yeah, on how much they made. But still, especially the, the, mom, the, the, the individual artists themselves, um, which is really upsetting. So hopefully like, they're able to kind of take advantage because since we're all home, people want to decorate their houses. Uh, more often than they were before. So hopefully they're they're trying to recoup their, their losses or trying to make them up some way. Uh, and one way, I don't know exactly how well they'll be able to, um, Comic-Con is going to have a virtual panel event set up going on through YouTube. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not a big fan of these things. I can't say otherwise. <laughs> uh, so So it's just one of those situations. I, I wish what they could do in a way, you know, for anyone who's ever used like Google Maps, you know, you drop your little your little guy, your little your little character, and you're able to click through as if you're driving down the roads. I wish they were almost able to do something virtual like that. So you can see these mom and pop art stands or comic books, independent these independent folks, so you can actually you know, maybe then just order something online through this main website. Like that would be kind of cool actually. Um, you know, it'd be fantastic if there's just horrible cosplays on, on the lanes when you're walking through. So you see like 20 different Harley Quinns and 40 Rick and Morty's <laughs> and, you know, maybe a Deadpool or 15, you know, Thor Lebowski might be a big hit uh, on the virtual Comic-Con. I can, I can floor. see that happen too. I remember the last Comic-Con, there was the, uh, the Mystery Science Theater 3000 one. That was, I think, my favorite one. Yeah, uh, there was that. There was that guy that um, there was a guy that gender flipped uh, one of those characters from the the role playing the critical role thing. Yeah, yes, critical role. Yeah, I remember that guy. Did you see OG? Gender flipped. Did you see OG was uh, um, was in a spoof video because the uh, the the, with the grandma that was going around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw it. Oh, that was that was glorious. Ask him if he had blue balls. Um, Yeah. In all seriousness. Yes. It really, you know, Comic-Con, all the, the horrible things to say about it, you know, con flu, waking up at the ass crack at dawn, going home at literally hey, hey, the... We don't do politics. We're not going to be quoting the president on this program. So you can stop with that that Kong flu business. Stop it. We don't do that con here. Flu, stop sorry. it. Anyways, the, the main thing I'm trying to say is, you know, through all the bullshit, the best part about Comic-Con is seeing those small booths where, you know, you got a guy and his wife who is selling fantastic art, you know, or you got someone who's, you know, making pins or something or, you know, it's an art, uh, independent art. That part is the best part of Comic-Con, finding those gems in row in like lane 700 and, yeah. you know. Yeah, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. One, of the, one of the highlights for me of, of New York Comic-Con is walking with, OG or I don't know if I walked with Monty this year or Sandwich. sandwich. I can't remember who was a Sandwich. Did, were yeah. you with me and OG this year when we walked? Yeah, remember you? There's a famous story if you if you recall. Oh no, uh, we're not going to rehash it. Yeah, I just remember. well that was during the so, setup. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's that's one of the times that I really like doing it. Maybe uh, you know, like 45 minutes to a half hour before the floor opens. Yeah, because you can go most times guys will be at their booth. It's a good time for guys like us to maybe pick up a thing or two because we may not get another chance because Mm -hmm. we get swamped Um, and it's quiet 
and it's like very nice and you know like you can walk and breathe at the same time and uh-huh. you know like it's it's really a nice a nice uh, a, a really nice time it's one of my favorite things at comic-con are, are those walks before the door oh, yeah. and, and also yeah. to add on to that like you know we know a lot of people not to be snotty here but like it's nice catching up with some of the people who we've interacted with in the past some great artist friends um you know, like that's kind of like one of the things you look forward to. So it's it's very unfortunate in that point. So there's a lot of different aspects. And even like I realize like this is the first year since I think maybe I was like, I don't know, nine years old where like I haven't gone to like a convention, a concert, a sporting event or anything like that in a calendar year, which is really upsetting. I mean, I understand. So it's not like, you know, again, first world problems. I get it. Uh, but it, it feels it feels off. Like it feels weird not being able to do something like this. So, hey, hey, watch this segue, uh, Mr. Monty. Yeah. And next year when we go to New York Comic Con, there's about 800 people that used to work at D.C. that we're not going to have to look for. <sighs> because D.C. Universe and D.C. Comic staff see layoffs amid Warner Media restructure. 800 people. Yeah, man. People. It sucks. I haven't even contacted uh, some of the folks I know over there because I, I don't even want to know if they got laid off yet. It's so unfortunate after so many people relocated you yeah. know, away from their families, the you know, because yep. for, for those who don't know, they were, well, they were on 56th Street, 57th Street in Manhattan Forever. for the longest yeah. time. Um, and they were, they were like that. That was like the one good thing, like one aspect of the whole Marvel versus DC thing I always thought was the fact that they were, you know, they were in the same borough. They were on the same island, which I always thought was kind of cool. But, you know, with DC relocated and made it, you know, very unfortunate uh, in that aspect. Uh, and, and now, like, the fact that people are being, you know, laid off in this environment that we're in right now. Oh, after yeah. they went how many months without even trying to sell any comic books at the same yeah. time. They really, like, I felt like they just really got shafted. Um, I mean, it's part of the whole ball game in terms of like corporate America, where with some of these layoffs, but this is just gutting them at the same exact time, which makes me kind of concerned for, for the industry in that case going forward at the exact same yeah. time. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes people get, can get laid off from a company. I'm not even talking about comics and they go create their own thing. Maybe this happens to be one of those situations where a few people get it, together. It could be, yeah, it could be. Um, I reached out to. I mean, I have. I, I obviously know a lot of people that work at DC. Um, I reached out to uh, my old buddy Fletch yesterday, Fletcher Chufong, to make sure that he was secure, and he is, which is really, really great news. Because um, he's a great guy. He actually runs their convention stuff. Which I thought when I heard about the layoffs might be coming, he was the first guy I thought of. No conventions, no need for a convention guy. Mm-hmm. So, and then of course I'm I'm friends with uh, uh, one of the big men at the top, Mr. Jim Lee. Yes, you are. Who went from being the chief creative officer to uh, and publisher to i think just the chief creative creative officer i think they his titles all over they just juggled his titles but i think that's it yeah so hopefully something good is on the horizon for all those folks there i mean i'm not saying i'm worried about dc i'm I'm, first i'm worried more much more about the 
800 or so people because no one deserves I always hate to see those kind of stories. So hopefully, though, they're able to bounce back. And hopefully they're able to, hopefully we'll be talking about them on Kickstarter or a project that they're working on down the line because that will just be uh, phenomenal. But we do have some good news to talk about. Actually, should we hit the good news or the bad news first? Just keep the ball rolling. Um, let's, just, let's just keep bad. Let's just, let's just keep it all bad. So that okay, let's get the bad. The let, let's get the stuff out of the way that's going to tick off Kev and everyone else. Tron. Motherfucker. <laughs> So, Tron's a thing, and it looks like Jared Leto's involved with it. And he's already fucked up because he let the name loose. Yeah. It's going to be Tron Ares, A-R-E-S, which I'm saying Ares. I've heard other pronunciations. Yeah, it's okay. Um, Yeah, I just don't get why anyone is hiring Jared Leto. Now, that said, the Morbius trailer looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think Morbius could be a really good movie. That said, I can't really think of another thing that I like Jared Leto in. And that being said, after his complete and utter, utter just chopping up at the Joker, I was surprised that he got Morbius, but it looks like he turned that around. But is there no one else, is, is what I ask myself. <laughs> is there no one else that we could hit up? Oh, here's an idea. Why don't we get the kid that played um, uh, Sean Flynn in Tron Legacy and continue that story? Because he and Cora, who is a, a being from inside the computer, is now alive and kicking in our world. Isn't that the story that you need to tell? What is this story we're gonna get? I mean, I'm I, I'm a little I don't I don't know exactly how I feel here. You know, I'm I'm very excited because there's more Tron. I'm traumatized because it's Jared Leto, and I'm confused and scared because I don't understand why it's not Tron Three. It's literally going to be another story set in the Tron universe, which I I just don't understand why that's the choice. I I feel but, like. Maybe maybe they think it's been too long since Legacy was in people's minds, so they let's do something fresh. But even well, that, well, sandwich. Yes, it was yeah. thirty fucking years between Tron and Legacy, <laughs> and they thought Legacy was an okay thing to make. And it's been way less than thirty years since I think it's Garrett Hudland. I think is the name of the actor who played Sean Flynn. Uh, I, I I think it's been. I don't even, I hesitate to guess that it was like 2012, maybe. So not even 10 years. Might have been uh, and don't get me wrong. I don't have, I don't have anything against things in the Tron universe that are, you know, the, the TV show uh, Uprising, was it? The one that's on uh, Disney Plus now, the yeah, animated so. Tron show. Not tech, I mean, tied in, but not really, you know, really sort of a different story. So I don't have a problem with that. It's it's the combination of those things. It's the combination of it's not a sequel and a combination of it's Jared Leto <laughs> and a combination of why isn't it a sequel? You know, you add all those things together, you start to get worried. That's why. That's what I'm saying. Which, and we don't need really another fair. mediocre performance in the Tron universe or this could be it, which I think yeah. would suck because I think, you know, it's visually stunning. I think the stories have been great so far, and uh, I would like to see more of them. Since that is like a historic 
geek pillar. So it would be a fucking shame to see that killed by Jared Leto along, along with other things he's massacred. I agree with Kev there, you know. Well, thankfully, Joaquin Phoenix came in and restored the Joker <laughs> from that abortion right, so, so, that so was Jared Leto's we, performance. Here's what we do. If Jared Leto fucks up Tron, we wait like three years and we throw Joaquin Phoenix in a Tron suit and then do a Tron movie. I mean, I, I'm Phoenix. not a, I, I, I was Joaquin not available for this movie or, or let, let's be honest, anyone except Ezra Miller. You know, like, was anyone available? I, I actually saw Ezra Miller the other day in something, I forget where, somewhere on social media. And I thought, if Kev saw this guy right now, he would just get more angry. So I almost wanted to send it to Kev, but I decided I don't want to ruin your day because I also saw that Tron information came out the same day. So I'm like, well, let's you not jump on Kev. Are you feeling it? What the brave, the boldness the, of being six thousand miles away? Of, of six thousand miles? No, I don't. I didn't want to piss you off. That's what I'm saying. You're already having a sandwich. bad day. I'm just saying Listen, sandwich. Here's, I play the here's, long here's game. The plan. Here's here's the Hollywood long plan. game. The plan with Hollywood. The long game. It's to let Jared Leto fuck everything up and try to see if Joaquin Phoenix can just fix it. <laughs> That's the plan going forward. Let let's let's move forward with the story that will make us happy. Um. Actually, did we talk about this last? I don't even know now. Uh, Animaniacs coming back to Hulu Ooh. for 13 episodes. I can't remember if we talked about this now last episode. I don't think Ooh. we did. You, you and I talked about it because we were musing about the possibility of getting Rob Paulson on the show. Maybe, the, Yeah, maybe that's what it was we were talking about. We were talking offline. I think um, they, they, we talked about them mentioning it. They didn't have any details yet, really. Okay. But. Uh, well, it's going to be happening November 20th. Uh, and like I said, it's going to be a uh, baker's dozen hit there. 13 episodes uh, of the classic show. Um, listen, I don't, I don't think we, any, either one of us really ever had a bad negative thing to say about this show really for the most part. I mean, I think it was, it was absolutely brilliant. The voice actors are hysterical. And if they have a longer leash to kind of say what they want, uh, and kind of continue with those those kind of jokes. What the hell? Let let it roll. Let them do their thing. Let them do it. Because it looks like they're gonna have uh they're gonna have uh the original brothers and the sister, and it looks like they're gonna have Pinky in the brain as well. Right. Do it. I was gonna get. I was planning on getting rid of Hulu well beforehand, but <laughs> I'll probably just keep some kind of subscription, whatever the base is, so I can watch watch this because I mean it's it's Animaniacs. I, I want two things from this show. I want a hello nurse because that's one of my favorite lines of all time in anything ever. And then I want an updated country song. Yeah, well, yeah. we'll see. I mean, those are, I mean, I think the hello nurse is a given. Yeah, um, I just, I love I that line. I don't, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I don't know that we'll get an updated country song because he still does that song live and from memory. Yeah. He, he updates it. Frightening. It's he frightening. He's Has he updated it? it? Yeah, he, yeah, he did a few years oh, ago. I, I didn't know that. I know he still does it live, and I know he does it from memory. I don't That's know how recent know. the update is. I don't know if there's been any changes since the last update, but uh, you know, I'd like to hear it. You know, in what's the word for it? I'd like to see it and hear it on the show. That makes sense. But, well, I guess we'll that. see. Yeah. And um, I would love to hear more "Hello Nurse." Another <laughs> Hello Nurse. Nurse. Outstanding. Uh, another uh, show that might be up for a revival 
is X-Men the Animated Series. There's talks going on about doing a one-off special or five-part episode of the original uh, 20th Century Fox uh, uh, show from the 90s. Uh, so I'm in favor of this, but for a different reason. The previous, the the first iteration of this, which was like, I want to say 70 or 80 some episodes, um, ended on such a bad note. They changed animation studios and it was just terrible. It just it, yeah. it wasn't there. Um, maybe the last, I don't remember the exact number of, of when the switchover <laughs> happened, but it was just so flat and just so, you could tell the budget just wasn't there. It, it almost looked yeah. like it almost looked like it was like a a weird dream sequence maybe they might have had and and <laughs> like like a, a a sad Saturday morning Smurfs cartoon or something. It was just not. Well, there. you know that's not going to happen this time around. It would definitely not happen. Hopefully, it does come together. Um, I mean, that intro was is one of the best intros period for a show, and um, I feel like it kind of just needs to be salvaged just so they don't end it on the sad note that they had the last time. I think it should. I think they should adapt Age of Apocalypse. Did they do that in the original show? Did they? I don't remember. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Maybe not. Maybe but not. That's, that would be my vote as far as storylines go. And and <laughs> some re- for some reason, Age of Apocalypse is really popular right now. I mean, it, if you're an X Men fan, Age of Apocalypse is usually pretty popular. They just released brand new Marvel Legends, just a whole wave of them. It's mm-hmm. the current wave that's out. Um, yeah, I, I would really like to see. Uh, yeah, I'd really like to see them adapt that if they're going to adapt a storyline. If, yeah, if you would like a certain X Men storyline adapted, you could call the GVM hotline at 201 730 2547. Sorry, Monty, you can go ahead. That, that's, that's okay, sir. Um, yeah, I don't know what storyline I want them to do. That's all I was kind of really thinking out loud. Um, but I just, I'd be happy with anything. Um, as long, as long as they don't do some of the newer, newer storylines in the comics, that that's all I have to say. Um, a <laughs> little, little bit more news, I guess, before we hit the break, uh, Microsoft, oh, we should take that break. Do you want to take a break or do one more story? I think we should take a break. Yeah, I mean, that's a long... All right, we can... Uh, we I can... think the video is going to crap out on us here in a second. Well, that's a damn long, good long, reason long. right there. So, uh, Big Kev. With that, Mr. Mayhem and Mr. Sandwich, we will take our first and possibly only break on this episode of Geek Stuff TNG, episode 601, Another One Bites the Dust. After these messages, we'll be right back. Yeah. Hey, Stuff listeners. It's West Coast Scott here. Did you know I do a podcast with my lovely wife? Say hi, Brittany. Hi. Tell them about our podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about travel, conventions, Disneyland, and our growing family. It's called the PieCast because we got married on Pie Day, and it's available wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on social media. At Pie Day Family. And my new Twitter handle is at Pie Day Scott. Check us out. I'm James Hatton. And I'm Podcast Rob. And we're the Something Something Cast. We're a pop culture podcast that chats about movies, comics, TV, music, video games, and a whole lot more. Check us out at our home at somethingcast.com. And also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and other fine podcatchers as well. Proud members of Hashtag Pottern Family and ACPN, the art, comedy, and pop culture podcast network. Build your own X-Wing. You 
Skywalker's legendary Red 5 Starfighter from the Star Wars Saga. The X-Wing is recreated in stunning detail in a massive 1 to 18 scale and comes complete with remote-activated working lights, R2-D2 motorized wings, removable hyperdrive opening cockpit, and a magazine full of fascinating facts, plus an amazing step-by-step -step assembly guide. You will also receive a free binder, power pack, and bookends model space. Hello, nurse. This is Yakko and Wacko from Animaniacs, and you're listening to Big Cav's Geek Stuff. Keep him tuned in. Yeah, because if you don't, he'll kill you. Yeah, he is really big, folks. We're looking at him. It's scary. We're Animaniacs, totally insane. Inky and the brainy. Animaniacs, those are the facts. Live from Studio M, the sandwich shop, and somewhere else in the world, it's Geek Stuff TNG. During our commercial break, you heard from our amazing sponsor, BuildXWing.com. This model is in 118th scale, making it the only fully scaled, fully detailed X-Wing ever made for use with your 3 and 3 quarter Star Wars action figures. This X-Wing features many amazing details, like the proton torpedo bay, working engine lights, and the light up R2-D2. You can add your own boops, bops, and beeps. The S-foils open into attack position, the laser cannons simulate firing, and the engine lights power up all by remote control. We recommend you take them up on their do 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 premium offer. You get 118 scale hanger accessories to create a detailed display of your X-Wing, including crates, tanks, personnel transporter, landing lamps, fuel pump, ladder, as well as several static figures, including ground crew members and Luke Skywalker himself. When you sign up for your subscription each month, in addition to the parts of the model, you'll get four full-color magazines featuring instructions for the parts you received, fascinating articles about the original models used in the movie, and more. You can collect these great source materials in a free binder, which you'll receive as part of your subscription. Fucking <laughs> jerk off. As a fan of collectibles, you may have seen models like this online, or at shows or conventions, and I don't need to tell you the price tag can be quite high. The genius of this system is that you're paying a little each month, as well as having fun putting it together yourself. You can check out more info over at buildxwing.com or reach them by phone at 877-544-6779. Check them out today. Good Fuck job, you. Dom. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that, did you think that was funny, your little bit in the intro? Huh? Where you skipped the big Kahuna Studios? What? I said somewhere in the world. No, it's fine. I mean, you could have just said your sister's house. Oh, hey. Big talk from someone 6,000 miles away. Yeah. Yep. This, but if I was six inches away, I'd be saying the same thing. So, yeah, and then you'd be walking everywhere. <laughs> this is the problem. It's like having two damn Not kids but in time. the backseat of the Not car. I'm just going to mute you guys oh, yeah. as I'm All continuing right. my part of the conversation. Um, so, listen, we have some product that, that Mr. Sandwich wants to chat about. The one thing I would like to mention really quickly is um, I went up to uh, Pandora's Box. Uh, which is a vintage toy store in ye old Jersey. Um, I'm trying to remember what exact city um, it's in right now. Uh, because, like I said, it, no, because it just moved. It's in, oh, Lafayette Township. Because it moved. Lafayette. It, yes, it's in a different, uh, different uh, place from a year ago. Uh, the new place is a lot bigger, and they also have a much larger warehouse. 
Uh, it is gorgeous. This is this was the D and D books place. This right? is the place that had a lot of those vintage books, D and D, which were just really pretty. I don't know how to price um, old D and D books. I don't know how those re- usually run. They had some stuff that that said first edition, second edition. I don't know how legit they actually were though. Um, but they look really nice. Like I know you guys would love to get your hands on it, depending on the authenticity D- of it. D- sandwich, yeah. sandwich would probably love to get his hands on those books. I have them all, but okay. but yeah, I mean, if they're like, yeah, they're they're yeah, there's a lot of great books uh, uh, from back in the day. And yes, they right. did do multiple editions, Monty. The one that stands out, the most famous of which, is the Deities and Demigods book, which they originally put out that had two properties in it that they did not have the rights to use. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they had to reprint the book. They had to pull all of the copies, uh, you know, from stores that had these um, characters in it mm-hmm. that they did not have yeah. the rights to publish um, and put out a version that did not have them in it. That's the, probably that's the most famous uh, example of of multiple edition uh, books from back then, D and D wise. So yeah, yeah I, know, absolutely. Yeah, sandwich. You should definitely go check out that place. I bet you probably do. A, uh, I probably. I bet you probably do. Uh, uh, get a huge score out there on those books. Oh yeah. You know, do you if, if you're know really going to collect uh, them, what the uh, the products were that they didn't have the rights to? Do you remember? Or yes, it was the New Hone Myths, which is um, uh, Fahad and the Gray Mauser. If you know. Mm-hmm. Those stories, and I think it was Cthulhu was the other one. I oh, think. they had Cthulhu in it, and what they had to take that out? Or, that's a... or Elric, or I can't remember. Uh, no, New Hone Myths. I think that's Elric. I think it might have been Elric at Fahard and the Gray Mauser, and or Cthulhu. I can't remember. There was a bunch of things in there they did not have the right to use those characters or those um, or those uh, uh, pieces of literature, and so. Um, yeah, they had a problem. Uh, they had to redo the book without them. So yeah, they have a lot of nice, uh, authentic stuff there. Uh, lots of stuff behind the counter, which you wish you can get your hands on. Um, so I highly recommend to ch- uh, check it out in Lafayette, uh, Township, New Jersey. Um, uh, also one nice, really nice aspect of the town, uh, is the fact that like, in their main center, they have like, I don't know, I, I have 50 or so, vi- uh, um, antique shops. And oh, nice. lot, lots of great stuff to decorate, decorate your home. One thing that was really cool is they had some uh, Disney stuff from, uh, I'm assuming it's got to be from the 50s. Just Ooh. really authentic, gorgeous, gorgeous with the price tags that they had on some of those items. Um, some just kind of like tchotchke type stuff, some cookie jars, um, really beautiful, beautiful things that I know for a fact that uh, between you guys and OG, you guys would have clamored over it. Um, probably OG for sure. OG, yeah. uh, just really, really beautiful stuff. So it's just one of those things that you actually get to check out those vintage, uh, uh, stores up there. Cause you will find stuff you like, I promise you there. Cause there was also some vintage, uh, fifties Halloween stuff that, uh, I really wanted to get to. So, uh, yeah, just some good stuff all around there. Um, but sandwich, sir, you had yeah. some stuff that you wanted to talk about today. Um, so, so why, why don't you, uh, what, what do you got for us? Enlighten us. So I want to preface this with saying uh, I am not breaking up with D and D. D and D will always be my first love, but because you're engaged, uh, recently, you're engaged as it is. I'm engaged. So. Yes, engaged. Yeah, to a virus. To a virus. <laughs> We're just pulling in all the jokes, all the horrible, oh. every single one. 
Fat That's Dumbledore. Continuity humor. And, we specialize in it. Ah, excellent. Um, but while at my local comic shop slash hobby store, it, it, it has a lot of things, a lot of stuff, which also is a, a yep. story for another time. Five, <laughs> uh, five copies of previews. I know that. March. <laughs> um, I've been looking for a different kind of role playing game because I love D and D. I play it all the fucking time. I look up shit about it all the time. But I wanted to just try out a different system because if I'm going to say I'm a role-playing game player, I feel like just playing D&D doesn't really do that justice because, you know, there's so many other systems and other games, you know. Like Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Um, I know there's a Star Wars uh, RPG that is all on the percentile system. I want to look into it, you know what I mean? I, I don't know enough about it. But I did a little research because I wanted to do superheroes. Because as you know, in this program, we talk about, you know, superheroes a lot, Marvel DCs, stuff in our wheelhouse. So I did some research. I saw a couple games and I went to my comic shop uh, with the intention of seeing if they had any of them. And what I did find, I'm going to put down my mic because I can't put down my mic and show the books. Uh, I got you, the. You, you need a box for your mic to sit on. Yeah. <laughs> I got the basic hero's handbook which is basically their like what's the, what the fuck i just how do i blank on this name they're like they're players they're like, handbook players handbook i don't know why i couldn't fucking figure that out because i'm a fucking juju. language um, sir oh oh language the master's guide uh so i'm gonna show that off real quick this is the player's handbook what's kind the of name of the system uh mutants and masterminds this is the third edition yes. player's handbook Mm-hmm. And I have the same thing, third edition Mutant Masterminds Games Master Guide, because I guess there's no dungeons because superheroes don't fight in dungeons. Um, unless you want them to. Unless you want them to. So this is a system from what I've gathered. Like I said, I just got these books semi-recently, so I haven't done my deep dive into understanding the system. Um, it's all based off of the D20. So the only dice you need to play is the D20. And you're rolling, I believe, you know, kind of it looks like, you know, there's no HP, so instead of taking, you know, points of damage, you're taking wounds, and then you, when you have wounds, it makes things harder to roll, and it's like a, how do I say this? It's a role-playing game, but, you know, it's it's very different than your stock standard D&D. You know what I mean? You're- also, I think, I believe it's the oldest superhero role-playing game, I think. Is it? That one I you feel like about, it is, but I, I could be wrong. The one you told me about came out after GURPS or whatever yeah, well, it was. Well, GURPS is GURPS is an entirely thing. GURPS stands for Ge- Generic Universal Role-Playing System. Oh. So basically, they created a system which you can buy the GURPS book. I don't know if it's still even in print. I think it is. Um, it's sort of like your basic, This is what GURPS, this is the mechanics of GURPS. Right. And then you can skin it any way that you want. Right. Uh You can get the superhero source book of which there are a couple and you can do superhero GURPS. You could do like medieval GURPS or fantasy GURPS. There's probably 30 odd books like um, that allow you to play different different things in GURPS. Supers is just one of them. Fantasy, some of the other things. My favorite, of course, though. Uh, which we have spoken about on this show, is called Bunnies and Burrows. (laughs) Which is basically 
role-playing Watership Down. Oh, cool. Yeah, in the GURP system. So you're literally creating a rabbit in that culture and, you know, fun and uh, uh, frivolity uh, ensue. But... <laughs> Uh, the point of that I brought up to you with GURPS was I didn't re- I don't know that I realized maybe I may have read the text wrong. I didn't realize you had already bought Mutants and Masterminds. I might have tried to dissuade you over to GURPS simply because if you're looking for something that's a bit more like, all right, well, I want to do supers now. But what if you found a book that's like cyberpunk mm-hmm. and you want to do a cyberpunk game? Well, now you got to buy another whole system and learn it. Yeah. In order to try role-playing cyberpunk. Where GURPS, you already know the system. And literally, I mean, if you're really clever, you really could transition the character through the GURPS system, through the different, you know, your overall thing could be like somehow your 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 characters are are falling into different worlds. And, you know, like he starts out as the medieval page and then he falls into, um, you know, like... I don't know. Maybe not bunnies and burrows, but maybe it maybe falls into like <laughs> the old west. Gurps old west is a thing. I pl- I played it for years actually, and he and he falls in and becomes a cowboy, and then he falls in and becomes a caveman, and you know, and so on and so on. Yeah, and that's why I always recommend for people who are looking to kind of dip their toe in other genres of role playing. I always recommend find out if there's a Gurps book for it you know it's like there's an app for it there's a gurps book for it (laughs) kind of thing the only time that i can think of that i i i don't remember now i feel badly because i think i might be wrong about this um i was a huge fan of a movie um mr monty will know it called the prophecy with christopher walken they were angels vigo mortensen was oh yes 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 there was a series of these films. They were basically angels on earth and they were doing battle, uh, you know, for the, for heaven or some such. It was really an appealing movie. Yeah. And they created a whole role playing system called Enomine around it. Ooh. And I can't remember. It goes one of two ways. Either there was an Enomine book for GURPS that I didn't know about, or uh, I bought, uh, uh, or, or there wasn't one. And I bought like a, crap ton even of inomine books all at once one of those two things happened and then i liked it i didn't like it as much as i thought i would but in fairness i don't think i gave it a fair shake inomine that is so um uh whereas if there had been or if there was a gurps book it would have been much cheaper number one less investment plus I've learned, I would have learned the GURPS, let's say I hadn't known it before, I would have learned the GURPS system and then been able to say, all right, well, this isn't working. Hey, let's try the Old West. Or hey, let's try Bunnies and Burrows and so on. (laughs) So that's that's kind of where I'm at with GURPS. So I'll say first, a thing I like about this game from what I'm looking at it, it seems like you can put a lot of customization into your character. It looks like you can literally build almost anything in the realm of how you want your superhero to interact. I'm going to start with the cons now. First of all, if you delegate, if you, how does it, how, if you deviate from the path you're trying to create, you're going to have a shit time. Like you really have to focus on, if you want to build Superman, you got to focus on building Superman because otherwise it's going to be a little bit shit. Also, upon Superman. Yes. Upon looking at these books. So first of all, the player's handbook 
um, gives a quick run-through of Powers. Upon further research, there's an entire book devoted to Powers. Yes. So just to start playing, I'm going to need two books. Now, maybe that's just how, you know, maybe I'm comparing it to D&D too much. But if you want to start playing D&D, you only need one book. You know, and you can use that book for fucking anything. And it breaks it down very easily. I looked up the Powers book for Mutants and Masterminds. I'm going to fucking get it because I do want to play this game. It's 250 pages of just, like, how the Powers work, the mechanics behind it. That's a lot of fucking... That's 400 plus pages of just how to play. And then even that, like, it's so much... You know, maybe, like I said, maybe I'm just, I appreciate D&D too much, or, you know, I didn't appreciate it enough to realize how much they can break down into a player's handbook, where if you have the player's handbook, you could start and go. You know, I gotta do a lot of fucking research if I want to play this game. It's, it's so- kind of the way, it's kind of the way that D&D does spells. Yeah. For different classes, you know, there's huge sections of spells. I think the difference is that D&D hasn't really put out a spell, just spell book. Yeah. You know, they kind of, they sprinkle a few in this book, and then they sprinkle a few in that book, and so on. And that's the kind of way that they build it out. But with Mutants and Masterminds, I think the, the prevailing thought is, well, here's the player's book, and here's the, the, the GM's book. And really, you can just go from there is, as long as you can create the power and figure out how to score it. But... There's not, I don't think there's a call for a lot of books. So therefore shoving all of those things into one book, like, like, like a powers book, it's different because they know they're going to sell less books overall than say a D and D who can afford to sprinkle them into all the books as they go yeah. across. So I don't know. Cause uh, <laughs> to, to peel back the curtain on what I'm trying to do, I, for some reason am really obsessed with 80s Miami right now. So I want to do a superhero setting of 80s Miami. I don't know why. I It just popped in my head. Like, I would love to do basically Miami Vice superheroes. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> with the most obnoxious outfits ever of, like, shoulder pads and really obnoxious. Nothing wrong why. with that. Been, with no socks. Yeah, maybe I've been... Because i also been reading, like, a little more 80s comics lately. Like, the, like okay. the older ones I have. So maybe I'm just like in a weird 80s mood right now. But, you know, I wanted to do it outside of D&D because d and is fun. But I feel like it's hard to build, you know, a modern, modern, you know, uh, world in a and d setting. You know, like it's hard, it would be hard for me to translate a f- uh, like a wizard and spell slots and this and, st- and that into what I want in, you know, a superhero campaign. Because I don't know, it it's not meant for that. I feel like it's meant for you know a more medieval or more. Uh, oh, I didn't even realize you cut out. Uh, I'm just gonna keep going with my thought keep that going. you know D and D is meant for a more like medieval kind of setting. So adjusting that D and D stuff and putting it in like you know like I said 80s Miami, I feel like I'd have a tougher time. So. I want to try a new system, but I, I'm having not second thoughts because I, I I'm gonna commit to this because I'm stubborn. But I don't know. I just, you do you, Sandwich. You do you. Nothing yeah. wrong with what you're trying to do. No, there's nothing wrong with trying. The only problem is, you know, the only problem is is that it can become pricey and and 
space consuming over yes. time. Oh, really? You know, I understand the, 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 the want, you know, the desire to kind of play other things other than just D&D. I understand that perfectly well. I mean, I played all different types of games. And like I said earlier, GURPS was a big help to that. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I get it. I, I was going to say earlier, the person you probably want to talk to, if you want to get a real true feeling for the 80s, would probably be OG uh, because he was in college in the early 80s. So he yeah. kind of, you know, was an adult through that whole decade. Wow. Uh, so he might, be, he might be a big help to you in kind of getting the tone of your uh your game going i think okay. he was like 81 82 somewhere in there in college Stop so it. you Stop you it. if you want to hit him up i'm sure he'd be able to help if if i watch the new wonder woman movie will i have a good idea of the 80s or just what a bad no. movie like you won't even have a good idea of anything oh <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted one little dig to make kev a little upset again before and we then... hey, let's all recall i actually really really liked the first one oh yeah though it borrowed a lot from, I mean, uh, in my opinion, borrowed a lot from Captain America First Avenger, uh, but uh, I really did like it a lot. I have it was, the first one was good for sure. The second one I'm very, 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 very not interested in. We shall yeah. see. Uh, boys, anything else going on? Anything else to hit on? Anything else to mention? I think we're pretty good. I think that's, is everything okay? I think I hear the gentle notes of the rapid music from, um, uh, from I, my I, end of I guess I guess you are, Sandwich. I guess Genteel. you are. Genteel. Uh, you can catch us each and every week over at geekstufftng.com, our new fancy website. You can check us out on the social medias at the same geekstufftng at Twitter, Facebook, and the Instagram. Uh, you can find me as Monty's Mayhem, M-O-N-T-E-S-M-A-Y-H-E-M. I'm on the Twitters, I'm on the YouTubes, I'm on the Instagrams, the Facebooks. I'm trying the Twitch thing to figure out for this show, and um, I mentioned the YouTube, and that, that that's it. Kev. Uh, Big Kev GS on the Xbox One network, where Rockstar has managed in less than two weeks to have Red Dead completely shit the bed all over again. The same exact problem. Sandwich. <laughs> the same. It's like they did an I, update. I, I had no faith. I had no faith, and I'm almost glad. It's, it's like they did an update. I, I should have mentioned this in the news earlier. There was a huge Red Dead Redemption online update last week, mm -hmm. and everything was fixed. There was a new role, the, the naturist, or whatever it is. It's really like there's a lot of new interesting things, and... I think less than two weeks later, they did an update that literally rolled all of it back. No animals, glitches all over, no camp where they're supposed to be camp, can't get in the fucking gin house or the moonshine shack. Uh, you know, like it's all of these things. So uh, I'm still trying, but um, me and the crew uh, have been bouncing back and forth to GTA 5 again. Um, also, BK geek stuff everywhere else. Fantastic sandwich. You can find me on Instagram at Fat Dumbledore, F A T D O M B L E D O R E. And you'll notice I didn't say Xbox because I do have an announcement here. Um, with a heavy heart, I think I'm actually going to switch to PC soon. I'm not going to get rid of my Xbox, but I think the switch to PC is going to have to happen because it's. You just muted yourself again, Kev, because I know you wanted to say something there. I don't know why that's happening. I don't know. Now I don't even know if the mic's still working. 
You're speaking to me right? now is the time. What were we going to say? What were we going to finish up, Sandwich? No, I'm just saying, you know, I think it's it's looking at the way they're going to price, they're pricing out these new consoles. It's so fucking hard for me to justify paying that much for a console when I can just buy a PC. I got you. I got you. Well, is what you know, it is. I want PC to... comes with new problems. This is true, too. <laughs> uh, boys, so I think that kind of wraps up episode 601. Another one bites the dust. Uh, so on that note, Big Kev. I think you're going to have to take this one, Monty. Well, then I, I will do what I can. Uh, with that, Big Kev, and with that sandwich, we will wrap this episode of Geeks of TNG, episode 601, Another One Bites the Dust, as we end majority of our episodes by saying... Good night, OG. Wherever you are. And on that note, we cue the music. <laughs>